This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Hey, this is Spencer Garrett. I was Simon Tarsus on uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, and you are listening to Trek FM. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to the next generation. I'm your host, Amy Nelson, and joined with me today are Justin Ozer and Richard Marquez. Justin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And you know, as of this recording, I just saw you two days ago in Vegas because I was there for a work conference. So always exciting to meet you in person. So that's a real highlight this week for sure. (laughs) It was. And I love it when people come to visit me and coming to Vegas for any conference. That's always a good thing. So and Richard, how are you today? I'm doing good. Um, just really busy <laughs> today. Oh, yes. Well, it is a busy time of year. And we have, before we get going into our uh, episode, we have some feedback that we wanted to go over. So, Justin, um, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So, uh, as we've been doing for the uh, last few episodes of Earl Grey, I wanted to talk about some feedback we got in the Babel Conference. So, we had uh, done a couple of episodes on Michael Piller's work on The Next Generation, specifically episodes that he wrote or co-wrote, and we got some good uh, feedback on that. Uh, So, Grant Davis said, I'm really enjoying listening to this episode. I kind of always felt like Michael Piller doesn't get the credit he deserves for all his contributions to Trek. I also think the what-if discussion of how the show might have been different if Picard was killed off might make an interesting topic for a future show. So thank you, Grant. Yeah, and Greg Malumbi says, I think this is the episode I've been waiting for Earl Grey to do since the podcast started. And yes, I'm talking about since the old crew. So this is going back a few years. Everyone seems to list Roddenberry, Moore, and Bear as the key writer-producers of Trek. But I've always said, if Roddenberry created the legacy, Pillar created the franchise. He saved TNG, and I dare say he made TNG what we know and love today. Excellent. Thanks, Greg. So we also had asked in one of those episodes for Greg Rozier to post a picture of his uh, cosplay of Michael Pillar, which he did. Um, he said, I finally made it to these episodes in my queue. Great overview of Michael Piller's contributions to TNG. In my opinion, he earned a prominent position on the Mount Rushmore of Trek. And sorry it's late, but here's the STLV photo, which Amy Nelson asked for. And there's his cosplay photo. So if you haven't seen it, take a look. It's in the thread for uh, Earl Grey 198. 
Yeah, it is so good. I'm so glad that he was able to post that picture and you know, seeing him, it was so great. He was spot on. <laughs> we also had a wonderful email from Eric Mantle, and we asked in the Michael Pillar if anyone could defend Nemesis. Or, sorry. Oh, dear. That would be me. No, that would, that, um, yeah, that would be, yeah. No, no, no. We could add yeah. that in there. Yeah, Nemesis. Yes, Nemesis. <laughs> I'm sorry. So we asked for anyone to defend insurrection. And so Eric Mantle says, in your latest show, someone mentioned writing in to defend insurrection. I feel the need to take up this call. Insurrection has had a special place in my heart since seeing it in the theater. It may have been the first movie I'd seen as a true Trek fan. I immediately loved it. I have always considered it the Trek movie that is most like a TV episode, which is surely where Trek shines brightest. That's a very good point. I wish I had been more involved in the Trek community in the 90s when Trek was at its best. What an amazing time to live in with all the series and the movies going on. It was so much in our cultural conscience. Sorry, back to insurrection itself. I love the humor in the episode and the evolution of the characters. It was wonderful to see Troy and Riker finally get together. It was also great to see Picard finally meet the right woman. I thought it was beautiful the way she could slow down time and that it wasn't fully explained, lending it a mystical quality. Only a woman who have lived so long yet look, yet still look rather young being right for Jean-Luc. I love the family dynamic. What a reveal when we find out that these are the actual children of the characters. And the bad admiral over in over his head was maybe not unique, but very dramatic. Also, there were some truly great data moments. First Contact would be considered the best tr Trek movie, but this, subjectively, will always be my favorite. It is a TV episode made large, and I just love it. Star Trek belongs on television and is finally back with Discovery and Orville, sort of. Yeah, it would have been nice to explore the Dominion War more and even connect it to DS9, which is now my favorite series. But hey, just enjoy it for what it is. Live in the moment, right? Eric, thank you so much for that wonderful email. And it's true. Everyone has their favorite and everyone may or may not agree with you. So I really appreciate your thoughts and agree with you. It is a great uh, TV episode turned into a movie. Yeah, thank you, Eric. I mean, it it we wanted to put that call out because it's always great to have have other perspectives and to see why people might love something. So I really appreciate you taking the time to to write us all of your thoughts on that. Oh, I'm gonna have to decide what Eric Diaz not is the bet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, definitely uh, was it was it was very it was very nice to see that email and um you know eric actually and i have been conversing back and forth about ds9 and uh it's yeah it's it's i'm glad that we get or we're able to converse with the listeners so thank you eric for uh definitely uh bringing uh, bringing that conversation to light and i'm glad uh you are now with us uh as a star trek fan so thank you for uh listening so when this episode drops, it is dropping on Halloween, October 31st, and we wanted to do something very special for this day. Um, so I'm interested to know how many Halloween parties are you going to, and did you dress up as any Star Trek characters? Justin? 
You know, I'm not usually one for Halloween parties, uh, and I'm have only dressed up a few times in my adult life, so maybe I'm not the best person to ask. Maybe Richard has more interesting stuff to say. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because yesterday uh, my daughter did. Um, it was like a spooky run, is what it was. So. Um, obviously everyone dresses up in whatever you want and she dressed up as a fox. But the greatest thing I saw over there was I saw three red shirts, like zombies. And it was <laughs> friggin' hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> I was like, oh, but I, I didn't have my camera. So um, so they actually had the red shirt TOS uniform? Yep. Uh, one, one, was a, one was a girl and obviously... Yeah, one was a girl, and she had the the skirt on, and um, it was the TOS one. There was another there, and there were two other guys that were um, red shirts as well. And um, you know, you know, the uniforms all ripped up and everything. And obviously, it's not one of those Novos or you know, it's one of those cheap ones yeah. that are all ripped up and blood and all over that. So it was great. I loved seeing that. That was it was just absolutely awesome yesterday. And you know, even though my daughter. Uh, wine 75 percent of it but that's okay <laughs> but you know kids awesome but. well i'm going to a halloween party uh tonight but i will not be dressing up it's a pirate themed halloween party so i won't be using any of my star trek cosplay my friend who invited me she's like well you need to wear the ears at least and it's like oh dear well we'll see Don't you have a patch an eye patch or something like that Oh, right. Oh, and I could put like the uh, Delta badge on the eye patch. That would be sure cool. you could do that. <laughs> I was just thinking in spirit of the of the pirate thing. But yeah, the pirate. Yeah. You know, the people on that ship in, in Gambit, they're kind of like space pirates could wear one of yeah. their outfits. <laughs> exactly. You should whip all that up uh, for tonight. <laughs> Well, listeners, if you have any of your Halloween TNG costumes that you're wearing to any parties, we would love to see them. So you could post your pictures and we could all enjoy wonderful Halloween together. Well, we are going to talk about today, since it is Halloween, uh, some themes of spooky and scary scenes from the next generation. We've each come up with a list of three scenes or episodes that scare us. And we haven't shared our list with each other. So it's going to be very interesting to see if there's any duplicates. Usually we don't have an order when we do our list. We just sort of talk through it. But I'm going to ask that we go from our least scary up to the ultimate scary spooky scene. So I'm very excited. So uh, Richard... Give us your third choice. What scene or episode was scary to you? Well, I'm going to call back to Encounter at Farpoint, and we see this little boy come out of the onto this on, onto the set, and by the name of Wesley Crusher. That's my skin. No, you are kidding. so terrible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I guess I, uh, I was just looking at my list and I went from top to bottom. Uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'll just do the least one. So my, one of the, one of the scariest movies that I ever watched as a child was the 1977, the incredible melting man. I don't know if anyone's seen that before. Oh, wow. That thing gave me nightmares. And I only watched the parts where his face was melting and everything. And it, you can imagine how, how scary that is 
I get, I, I don't know how old I was, probably like eight or something like that. But like, um, it always gave me nightmares. So when Skin of Evil came out, <laughs> and he comes out of that tar pit and everything, it just, oh, wow. It was like, okay, um, I remember the first time I ever watched that, and it gave me nightmares because because uh, I thought about the the Incredible Melting Man. So um, as a child, it, it horrified me. <laughs> I mean, obviously not so much anymore. I've actually seen the movie uh, since I've been an adult. But the, um, but when Armas comes out of the tar pit, that's that's what, actually any scene of him with the ooze moving and everything. It just freaked me out. So um, that's my least scariest. <laughs> that is a great pick. Armas is very scary, and he's so mean. And you're right when he just comes up out of the black and that is blackest black i mean they did a great job on that production there yeah they actually covered the guy with i think it was like printer's ink and water and metamucil or something it was like this weird combination (laughs) i mean it's kind of crazy what they did with that outfit but yeah that 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 freaks me out too and i still see that episode and man this guy is just like the incarnation of evil <laughs> so well, and when pick. he pulls Riker in and his face and like his mouth is open and the black ooze goes in yeah, it's like, like oh <laughs> oh my gosh I couldn't even do that scene not even as an actor there's no way there's not enough money you could uh, have me to do that one <laughs> oh. yeah so yeah that is a great pick <laughs> I'm very excited all right Justin give us your third scariest moment Well, um, it comes from Frame of Mind. I know we talked about this episode a little bit recently, but, you know, especially, and I was rewatching it a little bit today. So, you know, the episode starts out, he's doing this this play about this guy that's going insane. Um, And at the end of the teaser, there's this weird looking lieutenant. You're not sure what to make of it. And then it kind of goes along uh, through Riker's day and he does the performance. And then all of a sudden, like at the end of the performance, he really is in this mental hospital. That always just, as many times as I see it, it, that always just freaks me out. This Just this idea that you don't know what's real and what isn't and you have to break through all these different layers. Like if I found myself in that situation, it would just be so frightening (laughs) not knowing what's going on or why you're in this situation what you did to to be in this asylum and not be able to get out it's yeah it's really Really. frightening yeah i you know i actually was gonna choose that one but i was like you know what one of you guys is gonna choose that i was like yeah i'll just leave it alone (laughs) but yeah definitely uh uh yeah that freaks me out too (laughs) well i had that but so it's a good thing i have multiple lists but that's your <laughs> third. That's like way no. That's scarier. What you you are what you're surprised that there are two more that yes. I think are scarier. Okay, than so that. night or frame of mind, like that to me is a psychological thriller because that's a different kind of scary. Like that's in your mind, and seeing that I get scared, and every time on, on his forehead when that the wound opens up Mm. again and you're like, Oh my gosh, it is just scary. And then the scene with the glass shattering as he's going and from reality to reality, like that is scary, scary to the brain. You know, I, I can't believe that's your third. You guys just reminded me of a horror movie. I haven't seen it in years and it freaked me out as a kid. (laughs) What one? (laughs) 
So I don't know what it is. Everyone keeps on telling me it's Scanners, but it's not. It's because I've seen Scanners, and it's it's this movie. It's I, I want to say I was like ten or something like that, and it's this movie where this guy goes to hospital, hospital doesn't know who he is, and he's got this slit in his forehead. And he always wears bandages, and um, and I guess the reason why is because there's an alien that's inside of him that comes out of that slit in his forehead and kills whoever the nurse is or whoever is nearby or something like that. And I don't remember how how it ends, but it's yeah, that freaked me out. <laughs> that freaked me yeah. out as a kid. <laughs> And I still, to this day, do not know what that is. So if anyone knows, please tell me, because I've been trying to figure that out for the last 15 years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hopefully someone will be able to figure that out so that you can rewatch it and right? get another Yeah, nightmare. no kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, we'll have to see as we go along, Amy, if you feel like that deserved to be my number three compared to the other two. Okay. Well, I would I would bump that up, but that's your third choice, so that's that's good. But I definitely agree with you in that I like those type of psychological thrillers that's, yeah, not all gory and stuff like that. Well, my third pick, just sort of, and it's an entire episode, Genesis, I, that's scary, to me, um, everyone's being, you know, taken back to their earlier state, I guess you would. We've got Troy going, turning into this amphibian and she's changing the humidity and getting in the bathtub and, you know, just crazy. And Riker's this proto-human that's going around, hoo, hoo, you know. Um, they even, the attention to detail, like they even turn Livingston, Captain Picard's fish, into a jellyfish. Um, Spot gets into this reptile, uh, Barkley turns into a spider and Worf is just like this big armored, you know, I mean, the costumes in this episode are just so crazy and, and creative. It just, I just think it's, it's scary. So I chose Genesis. I could see that. I don't, it doesn't scare me. I think it's a little silly sometimes. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Richard? Uh, Genesis was actually number two for me. Was my next oh, one. Okay. Um, but the, none of it was scary except for Barkley as a spider. Oh. That was okay. the only thing that was scary about it. Or maybe creepy. I don't know. That that could be it too. But yeah. Um, actually, I was going to mention about the chase scenes with Worf and uh, Deanna. Like, right? Uh-huh. That's See, right. They're meant to be. See? They're meant to be bio- bio- uh, biologically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they're going back to their, you know, their inner desires. Now, and I don't know. Orf if she is wants just him, trying to. But he wants her. Well, he wanted her. <laughs> yes, and that's always good. The chase is on. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it's it, it's good what they're doing. Just some, I don't know what it is. There's just something about it that I find it hard to be scared by or to take it seriously. Sorry. It's okay. Well, uh, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. All right. Well, let's see what's a little bit more scarier than that. So, Justin, if Genesis didn't scare you, give us your number two. Well, it's going to come from Night Terrors. Now, I rewatched this today, and that's a totally frightening episode where everybody can't dream, so they're kind of slowly going insane. And the one in particular is when Dr. Crusher is working in the morgue with these people that have died on the other ship. 
and through apparently succumbed to paranoia and insanity and she sees all of the corpses like sit up at once i'm like oh <laughs> just always freaks me out i think it's one of the scariest things ever just to see that of course it's in her mind but when you see that it's just oh it's so frightening and you know they 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 do this so well the the uh the actors that are in the episode in kind of showing you how they're just kind of slowly breaking down over over weeks of time. I think it's it's a totally frightening episode and that morgue scene gets me every time. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, it, it definitely it yeah, it definitely gets your um <laughs> it'll definitely get you uh up uh, your heartbeat up. <laughs> I yeah. was just when you were describing that my heart was beating faster cuz that <laughs> I yeah, also recently watched that scene. And that is scary because, yeah, you know it's in her mind, but oh my gosh, and the visual with just the sheets over their bodies and they're all sitting up and so she's backing, backing up and then there they are behind her and the camera work and the music of it all really puts you and it's in not, the and what, what makes What freaks you out about it is that it's not like the bodies come up slowly or anything like that. It's just, it cuts one scene and then next you know it, another scene and they're all up. It's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, and be- and bef- and before that, she's just hearing some rustling. So she's like, what is going on? Yeah. It, it, because she hears like the rustling, I guess, in the you know bags that they're in in the morgue. And yeah, it totally just freaks me out. And there's even little things in the episode like, like uh, Picard's in his ready room and he hears... Um, you know, the chime and he's like, come in. Nobody comes. Here's it again. Come in. And it happens a couple of times and he looks out and there's nobody there. And then he goes back in and then it, it it's again and nothing is happening. He's trying to ignore it. And then he hears like a knock on the door and he's kind of freaked out. Like who knocks on this door? <laughs> and you think that it's going to be something freaky, but it's just, you know, Crusher and Troy. But I mean, they're like little like psychological things where you can see how they're just kind of slowly going crazy and they can't. I'd be freaked out if I saw Wesley on the other side of that door too. <laughs> <laughs> Richard. Uh, Richard's number one scene is going to have something to do with Wesley. That's my prediction. <laughs> Shh, don't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I also have Night Terrors as my number two, so we'll continue talking about it. Um, Obviously, the crushers with the bodies sitting up, but I mean, also from that, like you when Picard is in the turbo lift and he's like screaming, I mean, you can just feel how scared he is with it. And you don't even know what he's scared of. Mm -hmm. You know, but you, it seemed like he was afraid, like like the top of the turbo lift was going to come and crush him yeah, or something, or like he was, was like going to float up against the light. You know, and you're just like, oh my gosh, what's going on with our captain? And yeah, the, and then he's screaming, and the turbo lift door opens, and they're like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, and he's he just down gets on up the and he's floor, like, and he's like, he's like, as you nope, were, no problem, I'll keep going. <laughs> yeah, he's like, as yeah. you were. Oh god. <laughs> but I also. When uh, Troy is in sort of the mind, you know, and she's mm. being flo- flying through these dark clouds, and, and she's like a, this greenish dark cloud, it's kind of yeah, a creepy color, very ominous, and she's screaming, "Where are you?" And you hear this voice, "One moon, eyes in the dark," you know, and so it's just that scene is sort of scary to me too, because she doesn't really know where she's going, and she wants to try and communicate, but really, and then like this, this person 
shape. Yeah, I mean, you can't even make it out, but you see it sort of coming out of these clouds and you're like, oh, who's it going to be? What is it? So I definitely, that was scary, that whole episode. Mm. So that was my number two pick. So Richard, what's your number? Every, oh. every time I hear, I see that scene in Night Terrors, I was like, I'm right here. <laughs> I was like, geez, <laughs> I'm right here. Come on. <laughs> but every time I see that episode. <laughs> oh, goodness. But you know what? They're, they're actually, at StarTrek.com, they had a poll recently of the scariest episodes, and Night Terrors was number two. This is across all of Star Trek, mm. not just TNG. Mm. Yeah. So Yeah, that makes sense. That's definitely. Yeah, and the... I mean, we've all been tired, you know, and so it's such a relatable episode because we've all been tired. And when you're super tired, it just it messes with your reality. I was going to say, but I, but I love the idea of the episode. It's not that they can't get sleep and they're sleep deprived. It's that they can't dream. And by being denied that REM sleep, it's driving them crazy. Right. I just love that idea because you wouldn't have thought of that like, oh, yeah, you're getting enough sleep, but... You're not actually getting the dreams and the whatever you get out of that that you need, so it's making you so, crazy. So, have you ever seen any of um, like there? There are a couple artists out there that uh, that you know paint what they dream, and they can't dream like normal people, and they paint what they see in their dreams. You ever seen some of those paintings? No, mm, no, I don't. I'll have to look it up and um, and find out which ones because you guys were just reminding me about it. But there are some warped paintings, and I could only imagine if you weren't able to sleep on what you were imagining in your own head that um, that you couldn't like reset everything. And some of these artists, um, I mean, obviously suffer, and it's obviously tragic to be able to or uh, to experience something like that but if you know they're not able to dream and they're not able to really sleep it's like a constant insomnia or something like that but these paintings that they that some of them uh create are just wow you want to talk about nightmares some of those are mm. pretty bad <laughs> and wow. they're really good they're really good and uh, I, I think they're i think they're really good so but yeah, just FYI, maybe that—that's what. Yeah, maybe, I'm gonna have okay. to. I'm gonna look that up. That sounds very interesting. Yeah, maybe that's what this episode was uh, was based on. Uh, people that actually can't actually sleep and dream. So, hmm. yeah, interesting. Hmm. So, all right, Richard, give us your number two pick. Well, it's more like number three. I already, I already, I already said Genesis. <laughs> Barkley uh, is crossbred with a spider and. Um, um, really, that that was number two for me. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, then the time has come for our ultimate scare fest. Justin, what is your number one scary scene or episode? Yeah, when I was thinking about this, I mean, there are a lot of, of scary scenes or, or episodes, but for me, it absolutely has to be phantasms where Data is is dreaming and he sees Troy as a cake and has to take like the slice of her. <laughs> oh my, that, that's no, scary. I mean, that, that, well, okay, but, but this is also your within that one? scene, hold on, hold okay, on. Okay, okay. But also within that scene, he is, he sees, you know, Riker like sipping this, has this like this straw and sipping out of, out of Crusher's head. It freaks me out. A lot. I mean, and also in this episode, like in real life, Data stabs Troy, which is really frightening, yes. like that he actually does that. 
But that whole like sequence with like, I, I don't know, maybe you think it's funny, but with like the cellular peptide cake and all that, if, it frightens me a lot. Okay. We won't so, laugh at what frightens oh, you. Oh, you already did. <laughs> so the picture I posted of Jennifer and I, did that didn't freak you, did that freak you out a little bit? No? What the picture of Jennifer about? and I, I had a straw coming out of her head. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, clearly what I find, so you liked my first two picks, right? Frame mm. of Mind and Night Terrors, but anyway, let's move on because clearly my number one pick does not meet your approval. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, oh, wow. I just did not expect that. That's all. I'm. What did you expect me to choose? I, I, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell frame you. Frame of mind. I was, I'll tell or? you. I'll tell you because I actually figured you were gonna you were gonna take my first number one. So, but I'll tell you now. Okay, <laughs> Richard, tell us. I thought, and I swear to God, I thought you were gonna choose conspiracy. When uh, I was thinking, I was thinking about it, but we talked about it so much before. I, well, I don't know. Yeah, but not in this theme. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> I thought you were going to choose conspiracy, considering that his head blows up and the queen. I mean, I, I I absolutely love this scene because it's because obviously back then it was shock value. Uh, that's really w- what the scene was. But I mean, it was so creative on how they did it, and it, it's just it did it for me. I, I absolutely love, I love the scene. Now it's not my most scariest. I actually already revealed my first one, which was skin of evil, but um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, and you're right with conspiracy, like that scary scene, that little creature crawl up his leg and just slowly, right. You're getting all squirmish and climbs up his arm and, into his mouth and you're like oh like that's scary i'm not i'm not scared of like spiders or or bugs or anything like that what scares the daylights out of me when it comes like bugs is when they crawl on me that's what i hate about them (laughs) yeah Mm, okay now listeners we're all like squirming in our seats (laughs) as we're talking about this (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) yeah well um, so was that your Richard, your scariest? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So my scariest, since we sort of already talked about frame of mind was schisms and that the one scene where they go into the holodeck to create the table and the scene where they all remember and they're like, no, it was a table that's higher and it's incline. And they're just slowly working together to put together this room that they all have been in, but they don't know it. And then when they add the clicking sounds, that freaks me out. And they've got the big light overhead and it's dark all around. Like that is to me my number one scariest scene because it's it's the sound. It's that one click, 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 you know, and just the, oh no, it's faster. And I just, it freaks me out. And then you hear it throughout the episode and it's just a remembrance of this is scary, this is freaky. So that's my number one pick. Uh, you know, one thing I like about that scene is that um, how everyone is like how accurate it is and how everyone remembers it. Cause like not everyone perceives things the same way, obviously, but like, it's just like, 
it's like how close and accurate they all are within each other and, and whatnot. And I would have figured that something like obscure would happen, uh, you know, or, oh, this happened or that, that, you know, I don't know. But yeah, I, it, yeah, I, I actually like that episode. <laughs> yeah. It's a great episode. Yeah. No, definitely. it's, it's, it's really good. And that scene's freaky, but also when the hole opens up in the wall and like Riker just like flies out of it, yeah. like feet first, that's really <laughs> scary too. Like he's going into a pizza oven. <laughs> Yeah, and another thing that's scary is like Riker's arm is broken and reattached. Like, how scary no, would that be? No, I think it's like be? amputated, isn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. amputated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would Ooh, feel that arthritis eventually. I mean, well, would arthritis actually? They're just exist? that good at putting it together. Would arth- arthritis be- exist back then or back then? <laughs> um, you know, in forward in, in time. In the future. Oh, that would be awesome. They could do my ankle. oh wow yeah Yeah. but i mean it also plays into you know fears that you have of being abducted and experiments on you and all that stuff because when i was a kid one of the things that freaked me out the most was thinking about like being abducted by aliens and having experiments done on you that why you gotta bring that up i have nightmares about that (laughs) why you gotta bring that up because this is supposed to be the scariest stuff and i'm making up for my number one choice Uh, yeah I actually do have one question. This is outside the outline, all right? Because um, I, I was just thinking about it, and it reminded me as a kid uh, so much. But do you guys have an all-time Star Trek scariest scene or episode? Like, all-time, through the whole entire thing. Do you guys have a, uh, a, a the most scariest one? I do. It may be one that Amy hasn't seen, though. <laughs> <laughs> What? Oh. Because it's, it's a oh, Deep Space okay. Nine episode. Okay, okay. I got to hear it. Okay, I hear it. all right. Throw me under the bus. All right, tell us. <laughs> no, it's got to be Empok Nor, which is actually in that poll on StarTrek.com. That was the number one choice for scariest episode in all of Star Trek because I won't spoil it. Have you seen it, Amy? I don't think you no. have. Um, well, it's it's just freaky because they go to this similar station to scavenge apart, and and it's like a horror movie on this station. What happens? Uh, <laughs> and the and the lighting and everything is really just creepy. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorites, <laughs> and mainly because it was dark and uh, basically, I love the whole, you know, playing with O'Brien and uh, and um, oh, what is his name? Carrick. Um, thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I love that whole interplay of them talking, and you know we actually get to know more about O'Brien. But yeah, that's D Space Nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should see it, Amy. It's a good standalone it is. episode. It is a good one. Yeah, it is. So what my my most scariest one, and it's because when I was a kid, I used to have uh, the the first edition for the encyclopedia, the Star Trek encyclopedia. So if you were to browse through the first few pages, the picture of Baylock comes up the one from the carbonite maneuver that picture for whatever reason scared the living daylights out of me really oh my god i, I don't know it was like a it was like a profile picture and it's just like yeah i don't want to see that uh, no, no, no and then i i didn't i at that time i didn't see tos yet so i was like i don't know what episode that's in so when i went through the tos and i'm like oh no 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 <laughs> it's like oh no no that's that one i don't like <laughs> so yeah, that's my that's for me. It was the car ride maneuver mainly because of uh, what the alien looked like. So, yeah, I, I guess I could see that. Yeah, what about you, Amy? Is there something that um, you feel like is the scariest thing, and maybe it's not 
TNG? Or it has to be TNG? <laughs> oh, not TNG. Or it could be TNG. Um, well, I don't know if it's scariest, uh, but one from Enterprise where the they're on the Vulcan ship, I think it is. Oh, and the, all the zombie Vulcans? Vulcans? Are, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty freaky. That, that came to mind <laughs> when you were talking if it's not TNG. That's funny I because actually that, that first scene in that uh, in that episode is my favorite. I love that you could tell that you know it's her and she's screaming and everything it's and it's like one of those shock scenes it's like whoa what the heck is going on <laughs> and then a cut enterprise <laughs> yeah i love that scene it's great i mean granted you know i don't particularly like her screaming but i'm just saying like it it's just it's one of those episodes you don't have no idea what's going on yeah. so awesome <laughs> Well, do you have any other honorable mentions? We've sort of, I guess, opened it up across the <laughs> all series, but any others that maybe were scary for some reason and just didn't make the list? I had a few because I was putting together my list, and there's one which is not within an episode that's scary, but I find it really frightening. So it's actually an, in theory, which is the one where Data you know, tries a, a dating relationship, but it the, the B-plot is that there's this nebula that's creating all kinds of issues on the ship. And at one point, Jordy has an officer go down a hallway in order to investigate it. And then he, he goes with the other officer down the hall and they hear a scream. This woman screams and they go back and she's dead and like embedded in the deck. I just oh. find that just like so frightening just to even think about or to see. So that, that one gets me for sure. Could you imagine if that was done today? <laughs> what it would look yeah. like <laughs> i mean all of this all, i mean let's just say they remastered tng and just did everything redone everything acting and everything and uh with all the graphics and everything and that would be redoing bad. the acting too yeah sure why not <laughs> uh you sucked in this Riker. <laughs> do it better <laughs> but yeah like yeah I, that definitely freaks me out too yeah. yeah, that that, but it gets me because it's within this episode where where it's like, oh, Data's in a relationship. It's kind of interesting and funny and whatever. And then all of a sudden, someone dies and like is halfway through the deck. It's like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> it gets me be more so because it's not supposed to be a frightening episode. It just takes you by surprise, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, I have a couple others, but I mean, what did you have, guys have as maybe honorable mentions? I didn't have any really, except for those three. So, um, I mean, the rest of it was, I mean, obviously, uh, it can be creepy, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, I had one more. Again, these, these mind ones sort of get to me. And that's with Beverly Crusher and Remember Me. And just that whole, yeah, just that whole idea of losing people. And she's slowly coming to realization that, these people aren't here anymore. And no, I know that Professor. No, the, the ad, Admiral yeah. Doctor something. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, I know that he's supposed to be here on the ship. Where did he go? And slowly and slowly, it's just this, again, these, this mental of wondering where everyone is going and losing people. And that sort of freaks me out. That sort of scares me. So that's my honorable mention. Yeah, it does for me too, especially toward the end when only Picard is left and she asks the computer to keep track of his vital signs. So it's saying, you know, his heartbeat is this and his blood pressure is this. And all of a sudden it stops and she's completely alone. 
and the computer's telling her the universe is only slightly larger than the ship. Yes. <laughs> so that's just frightening to be in that situation, definitely. Welcome to the TNG frightening zone. Do you have another one? I wanted to mention one other one, and I think overall it's not a highly regarded episode, but I think it's it freaks me out a lot, which is Eye of the Beholder, which is a season seven episode where um, there's this this officer who is working in engineering, I think near the, the nacelles, and he just all of a sudden you know, goes up to this plasma stream and, and says that he knows what he has to do and he commits suicide and jumps into the stream. Does this ring a bell? Yeah. And like throughout all of it, Troy is trying to figure out what's going on and it gets to the point where she has, I forget what the mechanism was, but but she's picked up whatever this thing is and and she feels like she has to commit suicide herself and she's like crying and about to like jump into this plasma stream. And I mean, I just find that whole thing frightening that that uh, things kind of break down and she gets to that point. That is a great suspense uh, episode. I actually really like that episode. Yeah, uh, with all the detective trying to figure it out and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's a great episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And isn't it like at one point they like as as part of it, they say that they found like the bones of this other guy from when the ship was constructed, and it's like, yes. oh, <laughs> the bone. I thought it was the like the like a. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the bones. I don't know. I, I have to watch it. No, it is. I mean, I, I think in the end, it didn't really happen that way. But within this this reality that that Troy's kind of becoming a part yeah, of the story, the yeah. story they 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 found that like this guy's bones have been in the cells like since they launch the ship so you're thinking like over oh, the past seven years somebody's bones have been in the cells so it's uh, that one really gets to me it's really creepy i'm surprised oh, i haven't yeah. seen a ghost <laughs> or something like that <laughs> hmm interesting oh are we talking ghosts because we could bring up sub rosa <laughs> mm, you know I, the scary. I actually just <laughs> i actually just was reading about that um earlier today uh something about uh, the failure mar- or uh, love lives of Beverly Crusher or something like that, and they mentioned that episode as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that's a little scary. It was trying to be scary, but it, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of silly. <laughs> it was. I thought it was silly too. Yeah. Well, generally speaking, Star Trek is not known for being a scary show. However, after reviewing this list, how do you think uh, Star Trek? added this element of scare to the series what are your final thoughts richard i think they should have done more scarier ones uh space is not always safe (laughs) but (laughs) but like um yeah i i think they should have done uh some more of these kind of episodes to uh if those suspenseful i mean not saying that i'm complaining about uh, what we already got but uh definitely some of these episodes, uh, like it would have been nice to see a Christmas one or or something if you know something they celebrate sort of like that. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, we have Captain Picard Day. That's not Christmas. And when <laughs> when, when Kern comes by, they bring out a turkey to celebrate Thanksgiving. That's Thanksgiving, <laughs> <laughs> not Christmas. <laughs> I guess we got generations. There you go. Holidays. Yeah. There yeah. You go. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, for the most part, I mean, I I, I love I love what they uh, what they brought so far. But I really would have liked more, like Enterprise did. Enterprise showed how dangerous space can be. <laughs> Justin, your final thoughts? Yeah, it was interesting to go through this because yeah, usually when I think of 
of uh, the next generation, I think of, you know, exploration, moral and philosophical dilemmas, funny moments, stuff like that. I don't tend to think of scary moments or episodes. So it was interesting to look through and see what we can find. There's not, there's a good number that are really scary, even compared to, to other things that you see, but it wasn't a huge amount. I'm, I'm kind of okay with that because I don't tend to like things that scare me too much. Um, but, but it was nice to see that, you know, in the midst of all these episodes, there's the variety of those things. And even the one that I found that wasn't in a scary episode. So I, I think they, they did that really well, except Sub Rosa. Uh, but otherwise, when they were trying to be scary, I think they were and they accomplished it. Yeah, definitely going through and wondering what you guys were going to pick and were we going to duplicate. I mean, I think we did pretty good. So which means that there are quite a bit of scary scenes, you know, throughout the series. And and I think most of our picks were later in this in this series, um, which I think except conspiracy. shows. Yeah, except conspiracy. Um, and I would have liked maybe more of like those psychological thrillers, like frame of mind. Like to me, that's gets into my head. And to me, that's what's scary. But I, I was just really surprised at the number of choices that we had. Cause I just don't think that next gen is all that scary. But then I was talking with my brother in preparation is like, well, which ones, you know, do you think I could talk about? And man, we were just out on the deck coming up with all these scenes. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was very impressed with the number of scary scenes that we have to choose from. Well, it's been fun talking about spooky scenes in The Next Generation, but that isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. Here's what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Warp 5. Who are the, Who is that musician band like that with the, the Greeblies? The what? <laughs> was it? Who are those wow. weird-looking neighbors that the Flintstones had? Like those monster neighbors? The, weren't oh, they the Greeblies? Wow. I forget. That that's a deep cut right there. <laughs> I was about to say, dude, that's like four years old deep right there. Yeah. <laughs> to the journey. I kind of figured he would just be able to like make another mobile emitter for the dark. <laughs> Wouldn't he? He'd use his nanoprobes for that. Yeah. Right, put some nanoprobes on the job, they'll make the doctor a new mobile yeah, emitter. Exactly. Absolutely. Lickety split. Can I have my mobile emitter? Oh yeah. He never asked though, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. If he'd asked him, he'd just be like, oh yeah, here you go. Primitive culture. A look at history and culture through Star Trek. There is very much in Star Trek a kind of essentially moral worldview that is pertaining culturally in that world in the same way as, you know, say in the Arthurian court, you have this kind of moral world. You sound like you're agreeing with Dr. McCoy that this is medievalism. <laughs> Nothing wrong with well, medievalism. Well, as you were talking. Good medievalism, you know. <laughs> Literary treks. Yeah, you know, I... I... I think I made what little hints I gave in previous books about who had done it and why. I, I, I left sort of vague, but there were a couple of details that I had to hit because I'd seeded them in earlier novels. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app, 
to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's shows, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place is to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference. That's our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, Facebook, and it should come right up. And who knows, your comment might be read on a future episode. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm contact. Choose to send to a show and select Earl Grey. That will come right to us. And if you send us an email, we might read that on the show as well. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com trek.fm. So Amy, where can people find you to discuss their scary dreams with our in-house counselor? Well, you can find me here on the network. I host The Edge and also do a little mini show called Postcards from The Edge. And those are our episodes. I'm sorry. Those are our podcasts on the new Discovery. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson. But my favorite place is right here in the Babel Conference. Richard, if people want to reveal their deepest fears from TNG, where can they contact you? There's a corn maze that I always uh, go to. It's called Fright Me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 well, they could find me on the Payroll Conference. Uh, I pop in here and there. And I also am on Twitter, and my handle is xransom. Justin, where can people share their spooky scenes from TNG with you? Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at TrekFan4747, where I tweet about nothing but Star Trek. Uh, currently tweeting out my Season 3 TNG rewatch. And also, uh, you can find me hanging around the Babel Conference on Facebook. If you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more available through our patrons' website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And we'd like to take this opportunity to recognize our current associate producers, Norman Lau, Justin Ozer, and Michael Huter. Thank you so much for supporting Earl Grey. So join us next week for another cup of Earl Grey. With mint frosting. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs>